With a little more than 20 days to go before the election, the campaign office for DPP candidate Lai Qingda unveiled its upcoming strategy. After Lai returns from around the island trip starting on December 21st, the party next month is preparing a large-scale mobilization on street corners and with motorcades. The latest My Formosa poll has Lai at 35.2% support, maintaining his lead. Pan Meng An, campaign manager for DPP candidate Lai Qingde, personally oversaw a news conference to announce the candidate's four-day trip around Taiwan starting on December 21st. If we win, apart from building national projects, we will also realize the infrastructure wishes of each municipality. This trip is an illustration of our concern for the needs of our communities. On December 21st, Lai is to head south from Ilan to Pingdong before returning to Taipei on December 24th. At every stop along the way, the candidate plans to share his vision for their infrastructural futures. The campaign additionally announced a winning formula, starting with local canvassing on January 3rd, then motorcades with Lai and vice presidential candidate Xiaobi Kim starting on January 8th. In tandem with the start of street canvassing by local party offices on January 3rd, Lai is to begin stumping for votes in his hometown of New Taipei City. On January 8th, Lai and Xiao are to start canvassing by motorcade across Taiwan. The latest poll by My Formosa shows Lai ahead with 35.2% support, followed by KMT candidate Ho Yoi in second with 30.6%, and Koenja of the TPP trailing with 19.6%. With only 4.6 percentage points separating the DPP and KMT challengers, campaigning is on. Polls are supposed to serve as a reference, not affect the outcome. Our internal polling actually shows Ho and Ke neck and neck. With its own polls showing the opposition in a stalemate, the Lai campaign said it is to stay the course as they head into the election. DPP vice presidential candidate Shelby Kim on Wednesday spoke at a meeting of the Third Wednesday Club trade group. In her speech, she reiterated that the assertion that a strong Taiwan will not be bullied and will have the confidence to face China, saying that governance is not about sloganeering. Xiao also said she is confident that rich experience and a steady disposition can help lead Taiwan forward. The Third Wednesday Club invited DPP vice presidential candidate Xiaobi Kim to speak at their December meeting. Xiao in her address chose to focus on relations with the U.S. and China, as well as her thoughts on foreign affairs. Washington and its cross-strait policy actually favors the status quo. We want to actively seek cooperation with the U.S. on security because we believe that you prevent bullying through strength. On cross-strait relations, Xiao said that national defense reform is needed and called for Taiwan to deepen its economic partnership with the U.S. Taiwan must also maintain its strength to counter Chinese military aggressions, she said. We were the first country to sign a trade agreement with the U.S. under President Joe Biden with the U.S.-Taiwan Initiative on 21st Century Trade. The talks have solved some issues, and further negotiations are to be held later on. Before, Ambassador Xiao said she would prioritize Taiwan's interests in bilateral trade agreement talks. This is admirable. I hope our members will communicate with her and help illustrate her philosophy on governance. 
As someone who has worked hard to eliminate double taxation with the U.S., Xiao is looking to win over the trade group, which has traditionally leaned blue. She also spoke on her cat warrior nickname. Cats are nice to you if you are good to them, but if you bully them, that's when their claws come out. Xiao vowed that if elected, she would be more cautious toward U.S. and China relations. I think governance isn't about sloganeering, nor is it a form of entertainment for everyone to vent their emotions. It's a responsibility for which you need accumulated experience and a proper ethos. When instituting reforms, you can't create even more problems. You need a good sense of balance and a steady demeanor. Through balance and steady leadership, Xiao said she is confident that Taiwan can continue to step out into the world. Many countries around the world are moving to achieve net zero carbon emissions by 2050, and Taiwan is no exception. But in its push for green energy, Taiwan has come up against a shortage of talent in the electricity sector. The Industrial Technology Research Institute on Tuesday held an award ceremony to celebrate outstanding talent in the sector. More than 60 industry professionals and students were recognized at the event. One of the award categories for outstanding engineers aimed to give a nod of approval to people who've already contributed to the industry for a while. Etri and the Taiwan Power and Energy Engineering Association held a ceremony to recognize outstanding electrical engineering talents with the Grid Talent Development Alliance Scholarship and the Liu Shusheng Memorial Award. All in all, more than 60 professionals and students received awards across eight categories. Young people shouldn't picture themselves holding a hammer when they see the word electricity. Not at all. It's got nothing to do with hammers or screwdrivers. You need to be clear-eyed and avoid being misled. Presidential Office Senior Advisor Shen Rongjin encouraged young people in Taiwan to consider the discipline, as Taiwan's electricity sector is facing a labor shortage. By offering scholarships, organizers hope more talent will join the electricity industry and accelerate Taiwan's energy transition. There are a lot of opportunities for us. Before, our careers were more limited because Taiwan was focused on developing semiconductors and things like that. Everyone thought of the electrical grid as something outdated, something of the past. We jokingly referred to it as the dinosaur industry because it seemed to people that it hadn't changed for decades. Nowadays, there are many energy and electricity markets that are becoming increasingly lively, with personnel shifts and emerging startups. It's something that spans across countries and fields of expertise. Such as electricity, electronics, ICT, artificial intelligence, and so on. All these are things we should use to attract more people to help develop the industry. The energy ecosystem is complex, and the electricity sector is transforming into a high-tech industry. Taiwan is pushing for faster adoption of green energy, hoping that more interdisciplinary talent will join. Taipei has released its annual report on the city's land values. Out of all 12 districts, Shiling was the only one to see a drop in value from the year earlier. Meanwhile, the Taipei 101 skyscraper remained the commercial property with the highest land value in the city for the 11th year in a row, with a rate of 6.615 million NT per ping. Also in Shiling District, the Cathay Landmark Tower ranked in at number two for the first time after overtaking the Shinkong Life Tower in Zhongzhen District. Let's hear from a city official. 不管是企业总部也好，百货商圈也好，都喜欢在我们新义商圈里面进驻。
Companies like the Shini Commercial District as a place to set up their company headquarters or open department stores. So that has made Shini District see the most significant growth in value. For the 11th year in a row, the Taipei 101 skyscraper is the commercial property with the highest land value at 6.615 million NT per ping. These fluctuations in land value can have a big effect on developers. They purchase a lot of land, so the changes can have a big impact. For the general public, the land they purchase is only a small share of the whole. So even if we see all these changes in land value, for the average person, the fluctuations are likely within a range they can accept. Although the volume of real estate transactions has diminished from the previous year, Taipei's prices continue to climb. Overall, land value increased for the sixth year in a row at an average rate of 4.02 percent. The residential property with the highest land value was once again the Palace Mansion on Renai Road at 4.744 million NT per ping. It's the 13th consecutive year at the top for the luxury property. They're known for being hard on crime, but once you see a calendar with these 10 young model lawyers, you'll realize that public prosecutors can also be easy on the eye. The Supreme Prosecutor's Office has released the nation's first-ever calendar of photogenic prosecutors, who viewers may mistake for big-screen stars until they see their black robes. Making mini heart gestures with their fingers and flashing radiant smiles, these model prosecutors don't look anything like the stern faces we see in courtrooms. That's because today's event is the unveiling of their calendar. The model on stage could be mistaken for Taiwanese actress Janine Chang, but it's just Sangjie, a prosecutor from Tainan District Prosecutor's Office. We looked at the promo photos of Korean drama series. We were trying to find out how to do what they do, like how to stand, look into the camera, or posture, things like that. But to be honest, we found out that it's really hard. It's just like what our superiors just said. People are only masters of their own fields. So now that we're done shooting, I think it's best to just focus on handling legal cases. Actually, when I was 18, I entered some type of pageant for models. Fortunately for me, I didn't make the cut. But now I have the opportunity to be up here and realize my dream through another way. On a more serious note, the Supreme Prosecutor's Office originally put these photos on posters that were part of its 2023 campaign to prevent electoral fraud. Later on, the Supreme Prosecutor's Office repurposed these photos for this charity calendar as a means of closing the gap between the legal system and the general public. I was thinking about how to fully utilize these photos. I didn't want them to just disappear, including the pictures we took for these posters. They're just absolutely classic, so I wanted to turn them into a desk calendar. Taiwan's legal system has never released a calendar like this. This history-making desk calendar lets people see the prosecutors in a more light-hearted manner. With only 2,000 calendars available, government offices around the nation have started pre-ordering this masterpiece of model prosecutors. TSMC on Tuesday announced that company chair Mark Leo will retire in 2024 after the company's annual shareholders meeting. In a statement, the company has said it will recommend vice chair and CEO C.C. Wei to take over his spot. The nomination will still have to be approved by the board of directors elected next June.
TSMC Chair Mark Liu's retirement next year has caught headlines. On Bloomberg, a subheading suggests CC Wei will take over his spot. On his retirement, TSMC founder Morris Chang appointed Liu and Wei to lead the company, saying that he was optimistic about the effect of the complementary personalities. Chang at the time said that Liu is meditative, whereas Wei likes to make decisions fast. Now, after five years as chair, Liu is stepping down. Observers say Wei is a good communicator with both clients and investors. As far as internal operations go, it seems that CC Wei is responsible for approaching clients and investors and handling all related affairs. Wei's good humor has made him a popular figure among reporters. When Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway slashed its holding of TSMC's American depository receipts, Wei bought 46 TSMC shares to support his company. It was the biggest investment in the company by any senior executive this year. Observers are closely watching whether TSMC will retain its double leadership structure and whether the company will change its overall direction. Will it continue its focus on R&D for advanced processes? Will it continue to expand overseas? This is something to pay attention to. The company's entire decision-making process should offer us some hints as to where TSMC will be in five or ten years. TSMC shares close at 585 NT on Wednesday. In just five years, the company's shares more than tripled in value, from 216.5 NT to 688 NT on January 17, 2022, winning TSMC a spot in the top 10 biggest companies in the world by market value. A humorous video series from the National Theatre and Concert Hall is bringing fresh audiences to opera. The videos feature some of the world's most famous opera areas with comic subtitles in karaoke style. The subtitles show how to pronounce the words of the songs using Chinese but have meanings completely unrelated to the original. Opera lovers say that the videos were fun and could popularize the exclusive art. They're part of an exhibition at the National Theatre and Concert Hall from now until December 24th. An opera singer holds a bento box to match the subtitles as he sings the world-famous aria La Donna Immobile. The subtitles approximate the sound of the original Italian and Chinese, making the opera seem less pompous. It was interesting, yes. It makes it more accessible. I think they did it quite well. It was quite cheeky, yes. It meant everyone could hear the words. I think it's okay as a way to popularize it. The National Theatre and Concert Hall chose five areas for the project and transliterated them into Chinese to make these karaoke-style videos. When a trailer was posted on YouTube, commenters joked, I get it, finally, I think I could sing it too. And even, next time you show an opera, can you keep these subtitles? The unusual videos were a big hit.
This year, we asked the artist Chen Yixuan to work with us. As we were in discussions, I said to him, this is for the general public, so we want the exhibits to be as accessible as possible. Then, of course, his idea was to use the opera arias, because he thinks the sound of the words and the tone of voice are very interesting. Then, because it's for the general public, he added these karaoke subtitles. We want to bring the opera closer to the ordinary audiences. The subtitles were chosen with great care, and the video shot with the National Theatre and Concert Hall as a backdrop. If you want to hear the full version of the works, you can catch it at the National Theatre and Concert Hall until December 24th. Taiwan Railways is collaborating for the first time with a Japanese model train company to produce a model of Taiwanese train. The new EMU 3000 model will go on sale in miniature next year after just launching on real-life tracks in September. It's the first time TRA has worked with the major Japanese model manufacturer. We spoke to some train buffs to see what the fuss was all about. A train speeds down the tracks out of a tunnel. Look closer and you can see it's a finely made model, hard to distinguish from the real thing. The EMU 3000 hit TRA tracks just this September. Now it's about to be available in this miniature version. TRA has collaborated for the first time with a Japanese railway model manufacturer to launch this tiny, exquisite N-scale model of the train. We want to promote the 3000 model all over the world. Meanwhile, we will also in the future be collaborating with the Japanese model company on other new train models. The EMU 3000 model comes in two colors currently. In the end, all the colors will be combined in one set. The models are slated to go on sale at the end of next year, with lots of options to choose from, multiple colors and basic sets and extra carriage sets. Lots of railway buffs are already looking forward to it. I'm quite looking forward to the collaboration, especially because they're made by a big Japanese factory. I collect the Japanese railway models. It's the design. Also, of course, because it's a TRA train, so there's a sentimental element. It has a connection to cultural emotions. The collaboration is a new milestone for the railway models industry. TRA hopes the new products will ignite the flames of passion for many new railway model collectors. Bamboo shoots have historically been a cash crop for Yunlin's Gukun Township. To revitalize the local industry, residents began experimenting with creating what they call golden mountain squid out of dried bamboo, leaving many consumers surprised at its likeness to the real thing. Yunling's Gukeng Township is the center of the country's bamboo shoot production, but as time goes on, processing plants have gradually disappeared. Looking to revive the flagging industry, residents have started piecing together dried bamboo to resemble squid. The bamboo must first be thoroughly sun-dried for preservation. It's then cut into strips because it was easier to ship, before it often took months to send to Japan. From there, our community came up with making it into a mountain squid. Bamboo strips keep better after they are dried. With the addition of local creativity and tedious work, the final product has many consumers fooled. After the shoots are boiled, they need to be left for 45 days. The natural fermentation will make it sour. 
Then it's taken out to sun dry. A squid needs about a week to dry out. Bamboo shoots are an important cash crop for the community, which has become even more renowned for its golden mountain squid. Residents also partner with the local school to teach about agriculture, ensuring that the wonders of bamboo will be passed down. It's getting chilly in Taiwan. The strongest cold air front so far this season is expected to send temperatures plummeting to 10 degrees. The most intense cold is to be expected from Thursday night to early on Friday. The Central Weather Administration has issued a cold weather advisory for northern Taiwan. It's also issued a heavy rain advisory for mountainous areas in Taipei and windward areas along the north coast. From tonight to the early morning tomorrow, Jinmen and Matsu will see lows of about 10 degrees. Starting tomorrow afternoon, temperatures in open areas in the north will fall to 10 degrees and below, so we have issued a cold weather advisory for the north and Jinmen first. The next cold front will hit on Sunday, bringing temperatures in Taipei down to about 13 degrees. This next front is coming before temperatures have a chance to fully bounce back, so it is possible that temps will dip to 10 degrees in the early hours of December 25th. The cold will ease up on Saturday, but not for long. Another cold air mass is due to arrive on Sunday. Taiwan may have to wait until next Tuesday for a break from the cold.